Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everybody. This is Dan at Vertex School. Uh, I am the head of the animation department here at Vertex School. And today with us, we have, <laughs> I will let you, I will let I'll you do that. Here, let you yeah. Yourself. Hi, my name is Nayan Kim. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I was so proud of. Like saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you want to tell us a little bit about where you're at now and, and what you're doing now? I am at uh, Jellyfish uh, Pictures in UK. Uh, I'm working at home remotely because I, you know, the circumstances and uh, working on DreamWorks Movie Spirit. Very cool, very cool. Well, uh, what were you doing uh, at, uh, previous to Jellyfish? Uh, right before uh, I was at Pixar for a year, I was working on the film came out uh, called Onward and uh, the Doctor movie, it hasn't came out yet. It was supposed to be out in June, but they're pushing it back to like probably next year. So it's called Soul. Uh, I, I worked on two films there. And before I was at uh, uh, Animal Logic, Lego 2 and Sony. And I'm, I goes on and on. But yeah, like for the last couple of years, I, that was my past. Very cool. Very cool. I, I mean, I... I watched Onward as soon as it was available out to the public, um, and I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. The ending was was just spot on. Uh, the animation was absolutely gorgeous and really, really fun. Um, I actually really enjoy. It's got such little screen time, but that little dragon in the in the beginning, uh, mm -hmm. I think, it comes back in the end too. That thing is just the way it moves. It's so fun, and it's yeah, it's. It seems like it would be a scary creature, but at the same time, it just it comes off really fun. I I, I really love the animation of that one. Uh, mm -hmm. Are you able to talk about any of the characters that you may have worked on, or maybe one of your favorite characters that you've worked on? Um, I gotta say, I uh, on onward, uh, brother, of course, like the main character, and uh, he's such a, you know, you know, teenager, and it's really interesting. Like he's like he's because like, like a lot of people can. Um, engage to his personality a little shy and try to do better and stuff like that so i like that character a lot and i worked on mom and then the dragon at the end the fight scene so it was really cool like because i worked on uh, how to train your dragon second one back in the time and so like uh, pixar has this like a uh, ex dreamworks people like worked on dragon so we kind of gather all these like dragon people okay we're gonna do this like a dragon shots and let's do this so we had a meeting separately and yeah you had a lot of fun doing that yeah i bet that uh the dragon in that was really interesting because it was made up of all these different pieces of the buildings and surrounding environment and things along those lines i can't imagine what the the rigging must have been like to get something like that set up but in the end, it, it just came out really, really gorgeous. And again, um, just the way that the ending happened and the character progression at that, and then that's the climatic scene of pretty much all of it, the emotions between the brothers and mm -hmm. the mom trying to get to her kids and it becoming like this warrior and um, the, uh, what do they call those? The, the lady with the wings. Uh, uh, right, Mentacore. 
Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then her like going back to what she like her her prime and that kind of stuff like it just all culminated at that one time and it was it was really beautiful. I mean the 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 scene with the dad was that was really beautiful. Uh, it was such a cool scene. Uh, yeah, I really so actually the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like I uh, when I first got there, we get to watch the the um, the, the reel like before the, the on the surfboards and stuff and. Mm -hmm. Um, I was crying. It was like 12 o'clock p.m. and I was like, came out at four. I was like bawling, and I'm like, I don't think I can go back to work right now. Like too emotional. <laughs> it was like, it was really, really, really awesome experience. And it was a, it's actually director's uh, actual personal story. So it, you know, you get to tell better than just like a make it up, you know, stories. Interesting. I didn't. So this was based off of a true story, is what you're saying. I did not mm -hmm. know that. That's cool. I did not know yeah. that. Um, yeah, it, it felt very much like, um, I guess, as far as uh, animated films, I, I don't think I've felt a movie like that since probably Up, and Up was really, really powerful for me because I've been married for a while to my wife now. Um, so for me, that was like that was really cool because my wife and I started dating pretty young, and then we've been married for 18 years now. And so for me, like I felt a part of it because I'm also kind of a grumpy uh grumpy guy so i i think i think that it i just really resonated with it and it, it was so cool I'm like yeah i can go on forever about pixar movies and otherwise they're just just gorgeous work that you guys do mm. um as far as how you how, i'm trying to figure out a good way of wording it how exactly did you get into animation is it something you knew you wanted to do since you were a kid uh, and were maybe like drawing little things in middle school or and then just continued or did it was it like a life-changing thing? Uh, no, when I was young, I love uh, comic books and I was kind of drawing off of comic books and just keep drawing and I didn't think much of it It's just like enjoy drawing and then going to like, you know after school like, you know little school after and I saw like when I was kind of growing up, just like when I was older now, and um, I was watching news, and there's like a little graphic at the bottom of it. I'm like, how do they do it? Like, I think it started from there, a little graphic on news, and like how they put that on TV. I get kind of curious about that, and then uh, that expanded to like VFX, and then Titanic. I'm like, how they do that? You know, like. I started it kind of late, I guess, but then like a little that curiosity kind of grew and I got to FIT in New York. I went to school and studied fine art, but then there's like a school like uh, multimedia. So and animation plus together. So I was like, okay, multimedia is really interesting and grew from there. I there's a little class of um, character animation. So I took that and like I realized I'm really enjoying it and I'm, I was really good at it. And yeah. so like, cause like sometimes I forget like uh, homework, right? And then the class starting, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't done any of the homework and they're yeah. literally presenting one by one. Like we, we have about th uh, 25 people in, this, in the class mm -hmm. and they're showing and I was like, okay, I, get, I gotta get this done and in two hours and I gotta show by the end of the class. And, yeah. I was still get like, cause like I was sitting in the front. My friends are watching like how I'm doing from the beginning to the end, <laughs> and I show at the end of the class, and I will still get like A. So I was like, yeah. oh my god, okay, I'm not bad, okay. And then I got an internship in New York, and I was 
kind of grew it from there and then I went to online school. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I, um, my, my, the beginning, my beginnings are, are kind of wild. Like I grew up in a really small country town and I always enjoyed video games and I enjoyed film and uh, just the animation of it. And I thought it was the coolest thing, but I drew maybe in middle school. And then once I got to high school, I stopped drawing for whatever reason, I just stopped drawing. And um, what I took out of, because we didn't, I didn't really know that you could go to school to make games and for whatever reason, never thought of it as like a career, even though it was a big part of my life growing up was uh, watching films and playing games and things along those lines. But uh, so I, so what I ended up doing was like, I was like, okay, well, I really like computers, there's graphics and there's cool technical stuff. Um, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to go to college for. So I ended up going for computer engineering. And then uh, I ended up working for the government for a while. And I decided I needed something creative. So I started looking for uh, uh, wallpapers for my desktop. And I went to a place called deviantart.com. And on there, I started seeing like all these amazing pieces of art. And I was like, just clicking through, clicking through. And as I got down past all like the popular stuff, started getting into like the, the not so great art. So as I got even further down, I just arrived on a scene that was just cubes. And it was just a room that was made out of cubes and someone rendered it. And I, and I looked at it, and I said, this is really pretty, but it really doesn't look like it took much to make this. Um, I want to figure out how to make this. So I ended up getting like Bryce 3D and Cinema 4D. And I think eventually I got, no, I never did get into Maya. I got into Max a little bit, but I was just playing around making silly renders and stuff like that. And then um, I started getting really good at the modeling side of it. And uh, I ended up winning a couple of daily deviations. And in the process of that, someone contacted me like, oh man, this is really good stuff. Like uh, what, how did you learn this? I was like, I'm just doing it at home, so on and so forth, which made me think, okay, he's asking me how I learned it. There's probably ways of learning this. So I started looking into it. I found a couple of online schools. Um, I really wasn't sure which direction I wanted to go yet though, because I had done a little bit of effects. I had done a little bit of animation. I had done a little bit of modeling, but what really drew me was the VFX and the animation because I just loved all the moving stuff. Like, otherwise it felt like a picture someone recreated. So I I just started to get into it and then eventually that landed me in, a, in an online school and then from there, uh, countless studios that I've worked for since. But my, my direction was really odd because I didn't start until like my mid twenties actually getting into animation and I hadn't drawn anything in close to 15 years, probably at that point. And I mean, to be honest, my drawing is not great now. Actually, I'll show you it. One of the books I have sitting right on the floor next to me because the bookshelf is too far away for me to get to these all the time. So simplify drawing for um, planning animation. And it's literally like super easy lines and learning how to draw characters and super simple uh, positions and things along those lines that read clearly and I still refer to it constantly I've been sketching out my animations for 15 years now and I still have to go to that thing I'm like okay draw a circle here triangle here <laughs> <laughs> anyways so um change the subject is uh, how are you enjoying working from home now 
and how do you think uh, our current situation, the pandemic of COVID, um, will affect being able to work from home in the future? Oh gosh, I was just talking to my friends. It's like I'm, you know, when I was going to school, right? Like there's all these like clear goals, you know, it's like, a, it's like obviously you want to go to Disney, Pixar and DreamWorks, right? Mm -hmm. So there was a goal of when I was like 2012 and 2011 actually, I was like, I usually write down my goals in this year until five years ahead. I just like break it down. If I want to have a car, which year, like I literally break down everything. And when, as I graduated, um, like I kind of knocked two off, like a blue sky and DreamWorks. And then I felt like I was lost after. Okay. I'm like, okay, I achieved the goal. Right. You know what now? Like, but then like uh, um, I learned that you have to kind of like constantly grow as an artist. So I think when I was at Pixar, I felt the most of growth, like the like the, my passion grew. Right. So I want to learn other than animation, and that was really uh, big for me. Uh, but now it's a pandemic, so after I left Pixar, I got to take about two weeks off, so I, uh, two months off, and that was uh, really weird. I was completely isolated. I was not seeing anybody. I was like single, and um, so I was like. Uh, it was a really difficult time, you know, like, cause like some people has like their significant others and their family around. So they get they have their own bubbles, but I was all by myself. Literally I worked on myself. And then also like, so now I'm working and it feels like a lot calmer. There's okay. not much of distractions happening. Right. And literally like when you go to work, you know, actual companies, you get to chat with people or bounce off of ideas or, you know, just like get inspired. Like you could pass by looking at things and like you didn't expect, it's just like a jump at you. And then like, oh, whoa, that's cool. Kind of, there's a lot of interactions happening, but that's not happening is everything is purposeful. You know, whatever you do, everything's purposeful. If you want to talk to somebody, there's got to be a reason or it, it doesn't just randomly happen. So it needs a lot of effort. Right. but there's like not much political thing happens right you know you don't have to pretend anything because like you there's a lot of pretending happening a lot of like you have to put a lot of effort on you know talking to somebody because like they're directors they're just supervising animators or like how you present yourself it's like a, a superficially kind of affects you as well yeah. you know so you have to always on like present right and, but without that, like you get to animate literally like eight hours, like a full eight hours. There's, you know, there's, yeah. a, you get to get more work done and you waste like a little bit of time because like, you don't have to get ready, driving time or like taking care of it before you go. Like that's kind of cut off. So that's kind of really interesting how you can, you have so much more time, extra time a day. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, so if, uh, if the pandemic just ended tomorrow, if all of a sudden they were like, hey, no more COVID, do you think you would try and continue working from home? Would you maybe do a little bit of in office, a little bit at home, or would you just want to go straight back to the office? Oh, man. I, I would like to have a little balance now. 
you know, because I think a lot of people are parents, and then they, you know, because like it was like a working from home was not really accessible because like they can lend all this like equipments to home, you know. But now everybody's working from home. Mm-hmm. You know, all these big studios, like nobody's like working from the studio except maybe some like editors or something. Right. So now it's uh, the the option is kind of like more open working from home. So they will want to balance it out like maybe four times a week just working from studio and then one day at home or like two at home, something like that. Yeah. So I think that's more likely happening. But like as of right now, for me, um, I'm think like because I'm. This is this studio is like two thousand dollars a month, and yeah. it's like really expensive. Like, and I don't even have to be in because I'm I'm only moved here because of I have to go to Pixar, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm not there anymore. That means like I can go work anywhere in the world, not world mm-hmm. like I was just saying the United States, but like if I go to Oregon, you know, I can't. It can cut down to like five hundred or four hundred dollars a month, right? Yeah. So that means I'm saving fifteen hundred dollars. So. I have to kind of think about, but then like if I go to Oregon or anywhere else, that means am I going back to big studios? I kind of need right. to think about that because like, like I want to keep growing as an artist, but can I do this if I'm working from home? Right. So that's a kind of big question that I have to kind of solve this year, next year, mm-hmm. as, a, as a how it goes, and I need to talk to the studios. But yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, I actually had a really... Oh gosh, we probably talked three hours straight just about working from home. Um, just, I think it was this past Saturday. It was just me and um, a friend from the video game industry, and we were talking about it and how he felt about it and how some of his coworkers felt about it. He's extremely extroverted, so he gets a lot of energy off of mm-hmm. people around him. I am the polar opposite. I am extremely introverted, and when I'm at the office. I find that I get most of my work done during the lunch hour when everybody else leaves or mm-hmm. uh, like the couple of hours after work when everybody's left or if I came in early and got work done. But when there was so much going on around me and in my last studio was actually the last studio I worked in was actually all cubicles and that worked very much against my creative process and worked against my introvertness and anxieties. And I felt really uncomfortable most of the time when I was animating. Um, but so that was actually a deciding factor for me also, uh, for a few different reasons. As when I went to working from home about five and a half years ago now is, um, I mean, it's beyond some uh, personal stuff is I had always wanted to live in the mountains. And I was living in super flat Maryland at the time, uh, just outside of Baltimore. And... I don't like cities. I don't really like tight knit houses and uh, also being introverted. I don't like try to meet all my neighbors or any of that kind of stuff. So I grew up on on a a decent sized piece of property. I worked on farms. My wife grew up on a huge piece of property, like blocks and blocks, big pieces of property. Uh, And it's just what I've always wanted. Like when I was going out and uh, picking her up for a date or just going over her house or whatever else, it's just like, I love that if I went outside and screamed, nobody would hear me and I wouldn't have to worry about anything. If uh, just, I, I really enjoyed that. And I've always been drawn to the mountains cause I love skiing and snowboarding. So I actually live in the mountains in Utah now and I, I work from home. The last five years have been significantly difficult and I knew they were gonna be, but uh, I really needed, 
I really needed to live in the mountains for me. And I knew that there wasn't going to be a whole lot of option for studios. When I moved here, there was three studios down in Salt Lake, which is like 45 minutes away. And I was like, that's a beautiful mountain drive. Go down to Salt Lake. Almost all of those studios closed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like my, my backup plan of like, oh, well, I can just have a 45 minute drive to work is now like, okay, there's no studios. And what studios are still here, the guys that are working there have been there for like a decade. So nobody's moving. So, um, I started working, uh, I started working from home, uh, mainly working on contracts for studios I'd already worked for, AAA studios. And then I, I got kind of anxious again. It felt like I was a salesman 24 seven. So I had to like constantly look for work and I didn't want to be constantly looking for work. It felt, I just felt anxious. Like, am I going to be working after the next two weeks of this project that I'm on? Or am I going to work after the six months or, or whatever? And there was periods of time where I wasn't working and then I'd be working and making more money than I've ever made in studio, but it may only last three months. And then all of a sudden I might not work for six months. So mm -hmm. it like kind of, it kind of equaled out, but I was way too anxious for it. So I started looking for full-time remote work, uh, which at the time was all indie studios. So it's, it's a terrible thing to say, but I'm kind of glad the pandemic happened for people like me and for people that are disabled or otherwise have a much harder time to get to work. And I've seen them have their legs chopped off from being able to get the job that they want because they're like, okay, well, I can't find a bus route that's going to take me that direction or um, the facilities aren't going to work well enough for my uh, situation. Um, I actually went to school with somebody that uh, wanted to be an animator and they went and actually had a couple of interviews and even though they were handicap accessible studios, they weren't really set up on the inside for handicapable, like trying to get in between chairs and get through the hallways with there's anybody else in the hallway. So he ended up giving up and he's been working from home doing contract work for a long period of time. And I spoke with him a little bit as well. And we're both hoping that this changes the way the world thinks about working from home because everybody's now been forced to do it. And I'm sure studios are starting to realize like we're getting as much, if not more work done. Cause I mean, we're also kind of in the Cinderella period, the dating period where it's like people are trying to prove that they can do it. So they're putting in like way more effort than they would if they were even going into a studio. So they're actually producing more work and obviously less meetings like in the video game industry. I don't know how it is in the film, but I probably would have like four or five hours of meetings a day. And then you've can got you? the little stop bys of somebody coming by. Hey, can you come check out my animation? Well, yeah, sure. Let me look at it. Uh, and little impromptu meetings and stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that studios are realizing that they can save a lot of money by not running the electricity of a huge building to have 1500 people sitting inside of it, uh, saving money on probably hardware. A lot of people will probably start buying their own machines and working from those at home. Um, I'm sure there'd be incentives that uh, studios would give, but, I see it as being a huge benefit for a lot of different reasons. Um, emissions of vehicles, a lot less cars that could be on the road, uh, which is better for the planet. Um, less electricity being used at these huge buildings with AC units and the people's home, at the, the, the people's homes are still being air conditioned while they're not there so that it's nice and cool when they get home. So now you've got these two buildings that are being air, air conditioned for this one person, whereas now they can be at, uh, one spot. So environmentally, I think it's really great. I think 
money savings of I think insurances will probably start going down because as less cars are on the road, less accidents will happen. Health insurances will probably go down because less people getting injured on the road. Um, and gas prices, uh, I don't know if they'll go up or down if they get used less, but I just see a savings environmentally. I see savings money-wise. Uh, and for people like me, mental health-wise. Um, when I walked out of the last studio that I was at, I walked out without having a job. I like this is the only time I've ever done that in my whole life. Um, I was extremely scared. Uh, I mean, as I'm sure you know, every time you leave a, a great studio like Pixar, you get this like, okay, I'm getting ready to leave Pixar. Holy moly, I'm going to do this. And that's how like the last studio that I worked with. That's how it felt. Like, and, but I didn't even have anything lined up yet. So. I was super scared. I moved out here into the mountains in the middle of nowhere. All these studios closed down and it worked out. It worked out really, really well. I've noticed that I enjoy my day-to-day -day life a little bit more and I don't feel nearly as anxious as I used to. So I'm really hoping that it's an eye-opener for a lot of places, especially in the video game industry and film industries, because we're the leaders of tech. We're like We are the ones that demand VR and we demand better graphics and we demand everything which builds computers, which uh, builds better networks and things along those lines. The infrastructure of the United States is terrible for the internet. So I'm hoping that this is an eye opener to uh, internet providers as well that have all this old infrastructure that they need to upgrade. Uh, whereas, we're, I mean, we're really falling behind dramatically behind so many other uh, first world countries. Um, but anyways, I can keep talking about it forever. Uh, working from home is a huge topic for me, but um, I'm glad to hear that it's working for you and you just, you're just you not 100% sure what you wanna do afterwards. I know I'm gonna try and stick to working from home for as long as I can. I, I adore it, um, but um, I know it's not for everybody. It's, there's uh, like the gentleman I talked to over the weekend, he can't wait to get back into the office. Uh, yeah. he, is a, he is a director though, so he has a lot of a lot of moving parts underneath of him and those little two minute meetings like running to desk to desk to desk is really helpful for him uh and arthur uh the art director at his studio um he's the animation uh director the art director said you're gonna have to drag me out of my house to get back because all he does is meetings so for him he can just sit on his couch open up zoom and do stew meetings all day every day so there's some people uh, i think that are really going to enjoy it and others that are just not not ready for the isolation and uh, it I am sure it's super tough I, I'm lucky enough to have a spouse living with me um, but yeah, I'm sure it's super isolating it is very isolating like I remember like 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 you said like there's so much uh, things happening at the studio so like you get pulled out constantly and then I have like a two other office mates or three of us and then we are just have all these people coming over because you have really comfortable like office so people just come by and then have coffee chat like you know 30 minutes go by another person coming 30 minutes go by like we just waste a lot of time but then also like i get to hear other people's opinions you know like that's a so i don't know i'm also like i'm introvert but then also i don't i sometimes very outgoing like i'm kind of like a half and half so more and more I work from home, like more introvert I get. And I'm not sure if I'm happy about that, you know, like I, I want that balance. So um, 
you're gonna have to see how it's gonna turn out but like like studios gonna eventually open up and I don't want to be like um, I want to be a part of it you know I don't want to be like uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure how I will be 100% happy working from home yeah. Although I can live anywhere I want, like I'm, I'm the same boat with you. I want to live in the mountains, and you know, like, you know, somewhere it's kind of a little isolated. I'm gonna have like a chicken, and you know, like, you know, things are running around in my yard. You know, yeah. like I grew my stuff, and that's my, you know, my dream. But like, I need to figure it out. Like, it's um, because I was kind of curious, like before I went to, before I going to all these like big studios when I was a student. You know, if somebody leaves the big companies, and um, <clears throat> one of my mentor, Mark Afterdog, like he was like an amazing animator at Pixar for a long time. He was there for a long time, but one day he just uh, decided to leave, and I didn't know him personally. But then, but like, I was like, why would he leave to like Thailand? Why, you know, like I was, why would you ever quit Pixar? I I did not understand, but I understand now. As I was, you know, I grew like ten years after that. I was like, kind of like, mm, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. You know, and like you don't always like uh, keep the passion that you have in when you're in twenties and thirties, and you know, you kind of like think about the life and you know, career balance, and you know, if you've done so much when you're in twenty thirties, and you don't have to keep doing that anymore because it's fulfilled. So, right. so like your passion kind of grows. Like you don't always like a crazy like uh, animation fan. You get to appreciate other things more, and so it's a it, your eye size gets broader as you get older. So like you need more than just a one thing to please you in a way. So right. yeah. So yeah, I uh, similar to to that conversation is what to what what I did to decide to start teaching and teaching full time is. I started to realize I wasn't getting the, the the reward every time I was done an animation or every time I saw my name in the credits or otherwise. Like at first, obviously, like when my first game came out, you know, like I'm super excited. I'm taking a picture of my name in the in the credits and I'm sharing it on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But it's I, I started to get less of that and I started it started to feel less rewarding for me. Um, and even before I became a computer engineer, I almost became a teacher. Uh, my mom was a school teacher and I used to love helping her grade and uh, she would have students over to do tutorings and things along those lines. And I just loved the interaction. I loved, my mom was an, uh, was an amazing teacher and she still is to her grandchildren. But it, it's, for me, I, I, I needed something like that. And I, I couldn't, I, for the longest time, I couldn't figure out what it was. Like I was just, I started feeling like a cog and I was like, okay, well, do I need to start looking into becoming a lead? Maybe I need to be a little bit hands off on the actual animating and start managing and critiquing and doing things along those lines. Maybe that would be what I need. So I ended up getting a lead position and it still, it felt like the same. It felt like I was animating, but like through someone else, like with the critiquing and stuff, I don't know how to describe that, but I, it's, I still wasn't feeling it. And in the last studio I was at was a really tiny uh, indie studio and they ended up closing down. They, their budget ran out, they closed down. And when that happened, I said, okay, if this is my chance. I'm gonna take this to figure out what I wanna do. I looked at possibly uh, looking into film. I looked at all kinds of stuff. And 
uh, I came across some notes that I did at one of my last studios where I ended up giving a, a tutorial to the other animators there. And I saw the notes and I, I just looked through them briefly and I was like, man, like I, as I reading through, I was like, it, cause it was, it's 13 year old like tutorial that I had done. So I'm like going through it and I was like, I have forgotten about some of this stuff that I learned at the school that I went to. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, like I should have gone back and looked at these notes before because uh, there was a lot of lip syncing notes and things along those uh, those pages. And I, when I'm looking, sitting there and looking at it and I'm like learning from myself and seeing how I did it and seeing what I was, what method I was using, that's when I was, it just kind of clicked. I was like, I think I need to teach. I think I need, I think that will be the reward that I need is to see other people succeed. Uh, a real kick in my butt was a couple years ago, I went to GDC, a game developer conference in San Francisco, or was it San Diego? San Francisco. And while I was there, I saw so many students from schools. I actually flew out with a bunch of the students from University of Utah and uh, I'm sitting there next to them and I'm hearing them talking about GDC and I was just kind of listening along and I come to find out it was a whole class of college students who had just got done their game design program at uh, University of Utah and they wanted to show their work, see if they could get work and all those kinds of things and I saw several other uh, groups of students and student work and those things out there and to me and I, I don't know how to say it really without being mean but so much of their work felt rushed so much of it felt like they never learned the 12 principles of animation uh, and in many cases it felt like they had a semester of modeling a semester of animating a semester of drawing a semester of using unreal and it felt like that's all the time they had, a few weeks of everything, but they didn't really master any of it. And I'm looking at all those demo reels and thinking about the hundreds of thousands of dollars that these students are throwing away and uh, depressed afterwards, I can assume, and not being able to find work. And uh, I decided to make it my goal to try and find a teaching job that worked directly toward trying to find students' work, not um, not just the craft, which is obviously really important, but the way that Vertex School does it is, to me, looks out for the student really, really well. And it's a type of animation class I had not heard of online before. So in our classes, we have uh, six hours per week of live interaction with your instructor. And for for me, when I heard about how long the students are having, their, are having teacher time and what that could relate to, to me, when I was thinking about when I went to school, it was like, well, I had maybe 15 minutes a week. Uh, other than that, it was just pre-recorded stuff, which might have added up to an hour a week. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about all of that stuff. I said, I was really only getting a couple hours a week. And only a, a little tiny piece of that was live with somebody. Like I could bounce stuff off of quickly instead of having to wait until the next week. Uh, and see what they said after I wrote them an email or something. So I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it and I started looking at all these kids reels and I just was, I, I have to figure this out. And when I found out about uh, this school and the fact that they wanted to open an animation department at this school, I was like ecstatic, you know, like I felt like I finally found my piece. Um, 
And since I've been developing the lesson plans and trying to come up with curriculum and things along those lines, I can feel my passion coming back dramatically. I haven't done a personal animation myself and probably after like my second year of doing it professionally. I don't think I had done a single one. And since I've been um, getting ready for our classes that start here in a couple of weeks, I had uh, I just started getting really excited about it again. Like I want to see what the students are going to make. I want, like, and then I started thinking like, I kind of like this rig. I kind of want to look for like to see if I can find someone else to make a different rig for our school. And I started thinking about it, and I'm like, oh, I just want to start doing some test animations with it. I'm going to try doing some cool stuff. Um, obviously we're making some marketing material and things along those lines so uh, i'm doing a little bit of animation right now and i like i'm just feeling my passion coming back which i don't think i felt in close to a decade uh, i felt like i was trying to find it and i think i finally did which is for me it's super super exciting and uh funny enough it's back in a school where i found my my passion again um Funny enough, last year I actually thought about uh, going back to the school that I had gone to before or trying one of the other ones, just kind of brushing up on my skills, things along those lines, uh, especially being in games. I don't get to do a lot of the really fine, minute little nuances that I like. Uh, uh, we don't get as much time with eye darts and lip syncing and stuff like that. I'm not on the cinematic teams. Um, so I'm finding myself like super excited to go through it. and probably learning as I'm teaching the students, you know, and uh, I can only see myself getting better from here because I felt like once my excitement stopped, I felt like my skill stopped. Um, while I was still passionate about it and I was still doing everything that I could, I felt like I plateaued, um, which was for me deadening because I, I always excel to become better. You had mentioned that all you want to do is continue to get better. And I felt like I hit this plateau and now I'm feeling, even though I haven't started going up again yet, I don't think, I feel like I'm getting ready to hit that ramp. And I'm, I'm like crazy excited about this job. I don't know how to explain it uh, any better than just saying I'm crazy excited. Um, that is important. That's very important. You know, like um, there's a, I got to say that um, not a lot of studios like support stories. Mm -hmm. And that is like a kind of death sentence for like artists, you know, like they have to make movies that they don't believe in. And there's a lot of stories like that out there. And I, I mean, this is for like a game, but still like if you don't believe in the, the game that you're making, the, the passion goes down. So like my goal also, like if there's a student out there wanna hear about this is that like you have to put yourself in um, place that you can grow. You're you're making sure you're surrounded by people that who can um, like inspire you, you know, and then that makes you grow. Like uh, there's a soil, you plant yourself in a good soil. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like that's what I still need to do. It's really hard to do that when you're working from home because like you're just working, you know, what you're getting paid for. But um, if you're in a studio, that means you get to talk to people. You get to you know, randomly knock on their doors or like, you know, next to like uh, the lunch line and usually ask questions, like, can I show you something? Like, you know, that wouldn't really happen because you don't know their phone numbers, you don't know their emails, it doesn't happen there, you know? So um, it's like a finding your passion is like the, is very important also like 
finding your like purpose in your life is very important and I'm still doing that I'm trying to figure that out as well but so like I think that's my next goal is like playing myself in a you know good soil so um, also I am interested in like a storyboarding or like some character design also so I need to kind of keep learning that like you have to have the passion you know in yourself to kind of keep searching for the help too so yeah so a lot a lot to figure out not yeah. just the, the skills but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I'm, I'm hoping that with what's going on right now uh obviously uh studios like zoom and go to meeting what we're using now they're exploding uh there's a lot of other companies that are popping up and things along those lines i'm hoping that they can bring that social aspect to home that you're mentioning. Uh, the, one of the last big studios that I worked for, uh, I had mentioned it's cubicles and the cubicle I was in was a double cubicle. So my desk kind of wrapped around and then went all the way around and like uh, connected to his desk. And with that, I loved being able to just rotate my desk and be like, oh, hey, Mike, can you take a quick look at this? Or, um, I'm having an issue with this arc. I can't figure out what I want to do because if I do this, it breaks the shoulder. If I do this, it breaks the back. Uh, can you help me figure this out? Whereas now when I have an issue, it's like, okay, I got to do a play blast. I have to upload it somewhere. Then I have to share that link. I have to get the email. I have to shoot the email. Um, I'm hoping programs like uh, Slack, I don't know if you've heard of Slack, I'm hoping more of those types of programs pop up that make it easier for studio life to to be like this, you know, where, uh, oh man, I, I, I need some help real quick. And then I can just look at and see, uh, maybe they have a way of telling if someone's at their desk and just ping them real quick. Hey, can you look at something real quick? Share my screen, talk to them, maybe, maybe be able to see each other. I think if I had that access as easily as I feel like I want it. I feel like I could enjoy working from home even more because even though I am mm -hmm. introverted and I can be at home 24 hours a day and not really affect me much, I do miss the interactions of helping others and being able to get helped with mm -hmm. just the little tiny things. Because uh, yeah. instead of the little tiny things, it's instead of now it's like, hey, can you look at this five seconds of animation and tell me what you think instead of being like, hey, what do you think of the hand between frame 10 and frame 15? Like there's something that doesn't feel right. What would you do here? Um, I, I, I would love to get those really quick, fast, mm -hmm. like walk by someone's desk interactions. And I think it's I think it's possible. And I think we're right there. I mean, I mean, even if you look at like Facebook, which has been around forever, it's instantaneous to anybody around the entire world. And I'm sure. I'm sure we're really, really close. Like that, that has a call-in feature and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's a call. I'm kind of doing the jellyfish right now. So, like, I have this. Uh, so, um, I we have this chat happening. It's a we kind of different chats, right? Like a tech team or like a North American team or like a London team. They're all chatted up, like working from home team kind of thing. So we like constantly chat, like yeah. about. And then also Lita and I, we talk. So if I want him to like take a look at this, here's a link, take a look at it. Let me know what you think. And sometimes we do like chat video call because like we have set in time of working hours. So we chat it. And then also there's a, we, I don't know if, if I can talk about it, but um, 
we use a uh, sync sync sketch, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, like we use that, like, yeah, yeah, that that's really great, right? Like you can sync it, you can see what you're drawing, and so it's like it is definitely like a lot more fluent. Like it's like definitely you know we are doing it adjusting way faster now. So it's been like yeah. five months and we're already doing this. So like uh, also different time zone, we all figured it out. It's really really awesome. Yeah. So yeah. is is your entire studio remote uh, and will stay remote? Or, uh, or jellyfish? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think there's just some. I think they talked about like bringing people slowly in, mm -hmm. but I, I don't think people are, people are really you know comfortable doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, it's obviously it's too late, uh, too early yeah. for that. But I, yeah. I just meant um, just the way you were talking about being in different time zones and things along those lines. Is the studio generally more remote? Like, do people generally work at home for, at Jellyfish, or is mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Everybody's working from home. About 50 animators are in London. About less than 10 people in North America. This mm -hmm. time zone. So yeah. That's cool. everybody's home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to more school related things, uh, thinking about how you started out and thinking about, uh, whether you had a little bit of luck or you, you had mentioned that you had an awful lot of skill. Um, obviously you do given what you've worked on and the work that I've seen you do in your demo reels and things along those lines. Um, what would you say? to a student who said, hey, I've got a bunch of work. I'm getting ready to put together a demo reel. I don't know where to start. I don't, I, I, I don't know if I should put my best shot last, best shot first, my crummier work in the middle. Should it be two minutes long? Should it be five minutes long? Like if someone came to you and they really just like, I don't know what to do to make my demo reel, what, what do you think you would say to them? I guess it kind of depends on your purpose. Right, like a, where you are applying to. Um, there's a, but I never recommend. I can't recommend students to put like five minutes memorial. It's way too long. Like nobody's time to watch that. One minute to one, one minute and a half. That you just put the best one ever. Like just, just best one. And when I was putting my first memorial out of school, um, I had this uh, non-dialogue like climbing rope kind of thing and ring the bell coming down kind of in a high five a kid and my friends told me not to put it there and then i had another one that is like the kid is like a uh not monkey bars it's a one bar he just like jumps up going over it and land it it's like the mm -hmm. simple stuff but then he was like kind of struggling too and my friends told me like don't put it there i'm like no, it's like completely showing my body mechanic. I can do body, body mechanics. I'm going to put it there. And those kind of things are, um, it shows. Because it's not like I am not putting my uh, dialogue in there. I'm also putting dialogue in there and little comedy in there. Just about, I, I'm just putting general, like, everything that I can do within, like, a, less than two minutes. So, uh, of course, like, a putting the best, like a really like emotional stuff in the beginning, really good stuff in the beginning to get attention. And also you have to time it out. And whatever is kind of weakening your demo reel, just take it out. Mm -hmm. And it could be just like three shots. Just put the yeah. best one in there. That's my, that's my recommendation. Okay. Um, what would you tell someone 
or, or what kind of advice would you give to someone without looking at their reel? If they said, hey, I've been looking for work now for nine months. I've, uh, I haven't had a single interview. I'm just blasting out my, uh, my resume, my demo reel to everyone. I haven't mm -hmm. got my first job yet. What am I doing wrong? What, what, what would you tell me I could do to help me finally get my foot in the door in film or game industry? First, I would like to ask, like, do you uh, networking? Like, do you know people? Do you know a lot of some people in the studio that you, they can give you information they're hiring or something like that? So network is very important uh, as much as like your, your skills. Because like if you're not getting hired in a year or something like that, that means like you're really weak. That means that means you have to constantly work on your new like new stuff every six months. Make a new ones. Yeah. And if you keep showing up, keep getting feedback. It's not about why am I not getting you know job. It's about what am I missing? How can I make it better? So yeah. like make sure like you're when you're showing demo reel, it's not about you getting a job, but try to get some kind of feedback from anybody then, you know, fix it, you know, keep improving yourself. Mm -hmm. Then that, that's going to get your job. Okay. Um, uh, I got I got one. Of the 12 principles, what do you think is your favorite? Not the most important, but what do you think is your favorite one to think back, think of the, think of the 12 principles and go, okay, I read like this one speaks to me. Do you have any, any of the 12 principles that, that you feel that way about? I, I uh, appeal. <laughs> See, actually, mine, appeal. Is, mine is actually appeal because, I mean, you can have a little bit of bad timing, a little bit of bad spacing, and a little bit of bad weight and things along those lines. But if it's still really entertaining for whatever reason, mm -hmm. like you're being drawn to that demo reel. Like, yeah. Um, like you had mentioned, jumping over this bar and they were struggling with it, probably had some comedy along with it. Um, if it was appealing enough, it could outweigh the the technicality of it might be a little floaty or otherwise, because uh, depending on if it was a demo reel or if I was just walking over someone else's desk and they, that was on their on their computer, you can you can do something about technical issues like hey, the spacing is wrong here it just doesn't the impact isn't right or whatever you can fix that stuff pretty easily but if it's just boring like if you had just had them grab onto the thing and got over it really easy and just i don't know looked like anybody jumping over something easily without the appeal it could be gorgeous animation but i'm bored like i don't want to mm -hmm. look at it like, this yeah. it's not fun um mm -hmm. So that I think that's why appeal is my favorite because I think it can outweigh so many of the other ones because so much of the other ones I feel can almost be trained um, where appeal has to come from like within you. Like you have to feel the character, you have to feel the scene and all that kind of stuff where everything else feels a little bit more technical. Like, oh, is it pose to pose? Is it, you know, like, no, I don't think that stuff matters as much as being able to really mm -hmm. engage your um your audience. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny that like, uh, I, what I learned about Pixar was like, um, they care about energy. And I feel like that should be one of the principles, like I feel the make it, make it, cause like it's, it's, it's hard to break it down about the energy. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like, it's not, it has anything to do with like a 
poses or anything. It's just like, um, so I saw this uh, Uri shouting at Lightyear and saying like, this is my cookie or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or I, I forgot the, the line, but then literally what he says is like uh, his face and everything it just doesn't make any sense. And also he's a toy so he can swing his arm back really funny and they can bend your way and all he does is like this is my cookie and it's just it's only blocking and then it's just like a timing whatever everything's just off but then like you can feel the energy how frustrated he is he's like he's like ah this is my cookie and it was like the is brilliant you know like yeah. you want to get to there it's like a put the it's kind of like um drawing not what's there but then drawing what they're feeling Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a, you have to kind of exaggerate it, literally like a, how I can end, like a, intensify mm -hmm. like whatever the emotions that their characters like are experiencing. So um, if you keep pushing, trying to push it, push it and like try to feel the, at the energy there, then, you know, you're halfway there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a really great example of that would be, um, Oh, and I just blanked on the name. Uh, Wally. Wally mm -hmm. is a really great example of that. Like you can't hear anything. Like they're not really saying anything other than Eva and Wally is like the only words pretty much other than the human characters in the movie. But there's so much feeling in every shot. Like you can see that he's sad. You can see that he's happy. Like you can feel the scene without him saying a single word. And um, it, it's another reason why I, I really admire uh, works like that. They're just, it, I, I, I try to read every little thing because all they had as far as expression was like mm -hmm. the eyes that did this. How did yeah. they get so much out of that? And I, I like watch it over yeah. and over again. Like it's just, maybe they just bent the neck a little bit this way and the hands kind of yeah. came up and were, were touching each other or like, it, it's just, yeah, it's, being able to feel what's inside the character, I think, is just absolutely awesome. And people that can sell that to me, especially being an animator, and like break that that moment of uh, disbelief, like just awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, just like onwards ending, like I was as I watched through it uh, the first time through, I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch how they did this scene. It looks like it's gonna be something cool. And I'd sit there and stare at it. And before I know it, like, I wasn't paying attention to the animation at all. I was just mm, enjoying yeah. the movie. That's not how you want to, yeah, that, that should be, like, everybody's goal, like, animator's goal. Like, you know, go beyond that. Because I, I often thinking, like, oh, my God, that's over-animated. That's a, one of the things that, because, uh, like, like, when I was a student, when they were saying, when they were talking about, like, studios, different studios, like, they have like their own like um, style, mm -hmm. and DreamWorks their own Disney and Pixar like they all have the different style. I'm like, what do you mean style? I didn't understand anything, you know. Right. But then now I'm looking back and like, like I think Pixar was the uh, the it fits my style the, the the best because like it's not it's just authentic. Mm -hmm. It's just like a pure authentic. It's not over animated and they're not just trying to show off animation how much because like there's a lot of studios do like i could be really critical about studios but i'm not going to do it here but some studios are like just over the heck out of the all just every single shot 
mm -hmm. that is like a, taking taking everybody out of the story, and right. I can't I can't approve like I can't right. support that at all. You know, like mm -hmm. I hate those stuff. So like make sure like if you want to do a good actor acting animators and make sure that you're everything's is genuine mm -hmm. it's just like a just pure like you don't have to over animate just like a, just put something that is absolutely necessary to sell the story supporting mm -hmm. the story and if not just get it out you right. know i don't know how much that's like a you know how much of that that's applied to uh get game animation but like i just got the uh, last of us and mm -hmm. it's great animation yeah. is really great i'm like wow they, they did it really well so mm -hmm. yeah I guess that applies. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's funny. I I find myself drawn to some of the over the top animation, and I think it's because I know that's what I I struggle with the most. Like every time I try and push myself more cartoony and more over animated and that sort of thing, I feel myself like I gotta pull it back. I gotta pull it back. I gotta pull it back, and then I'm closer to this much more realistic kind of animation. So mm -hmm. I find myself drawn to the things that I, I'm not very capable of doing. Uh, of course, I haven't had a whole lot of cho chance to do that stuff professionally over the last uh, decade. So I, I find myself drawn to the things that you're like, I hate that stuff. But I find myself drawn to some of it. Um, thinking of one like Despicable Me, um, that that movie is, is way over animated, but there's so many parts of it that I, I adore as I watch it. I'm just like, oh, I, I like, I would have never have thought to make his leg go 10 feet long all of a sudden and like drag his whole body and then snap up to the spot. Like that, that's, to me, that's really cool and, and different. And um, I, I hope that I get a chance to, to work on something like that. And hopefully this yeah. actually, uh, as I mentioned earlier, hopefully with my passion growing again and, really getting into what I'm doing, I'm hoping that uh, I'll start to gravitate toward making some of those things. But yeah, it, it's mm -hmm. interesting to hear you say that because if I was to go look at film right now, um, I, I, I would not look at studios uh, like that because it's not in my wheelhouse. And if I was to animate it all day, every day, I think I would enjoy more of the realism and more, um, I guess the way you put it, more authentic feeling than overly animated um, to places like Pixar and probably uh, ILM for like, you know, the live action stuff. I probably would really enjoy doing that stuff as well. But yeah, I, I think making sure you're going to go to a place where you feel like you're going to grow uh, emotionally about your work and become better is, is a really smart idea. Like thinking about games, going and working for the next year's uh, sport game that's coming out. A lot of that stuff is a lot of mocap, and you might you might have to clean it up. Mocap is actually getting really really good. Motion tracking these days is is phenomenal. So I don't even know how much cleanup they have to do on those games anymore. But it for me, I couldn't I couldn't do that. I couldn't sit there and do that stuff. And there's people out there that absolutely would love and adore to do that stuff. They get to see hundreds of animations um, just because they're able to create so many. Um, for me, I love doing creatures. So when I worked at like Zenimax and I was on the monster team, like that for me was cool. So like I work on like this big gorilla character for a couple of weeks and then I'm on like a dragon and then I'm gonna be on like this crab creature. And 
uh, for me, I don't want to just go and say, okay, uh, I need a job. I'm going to shoot my resume at every single studio that has an inbox. Uh, I, I think I, I did that when I was younger, but as I got older, now I'm, now it's like, okay, well, I could see myself working on the games that these guys make, or I could see myself working on the games that these guys make. I think um, it's something that comes a little bit later in the career, at least it did for me. I know that I, I worked with some people who are like, yeah, the studio's not working for me and they've left. So I think it might be something that you may learn a little bit later. Do, do you think you, do you think you knew right away, like, you know what, I don't want to go look at this studio or that mm -hmm. studio just because yeah. of the style? Uh, it's just my interest, I think. It's just, uh, I'm, I love like facial expression or like just kind of emotion kind of like animation. So like gaming wouldn't do it, you know, cause I had a chance to work on the Spider-Man, the latest Spider-Man animation. And I actually went to an interview, but, um, like they asked me a question that I was not expected. Like I, I did not expect that, but cause like they were, uh, they worked on Lion King to the animation back in the nineties. And um, they were asking why feature film to game. I was like, I, I didn't know. I was like, I need a job. Like, gosh, like yeah. well, it was like so hard to answer the question. What I said, like, ah, it's kind of like time to like change a new field. That's what I said. But like, because I basically I thought I would uh, I was in, interviewing for the cinematic, but I was not. I was for the games, and literally all the animating is like a back of the you know, Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, they wouldn't do it. I was like, I can't do this. And I'm sure they saw it. And so that didn't work out, but that's for the best. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah. And also like uh, their uh, TPS studios hiring or ILM is uh, looking for like a creature animations. And um, like I could animate, but, but then like I can't do like facial expressions and emotions and stuff. So it wouldn't work well. Like, so, you know, you know the studio as much as like they feel you like how how you feel like if you're not strong if you're not passionate about the the project then they can feel it they want to get somebody who's like ready for the the right person how passionate they are so yeah it's also like yeah yeah you have to kind of go from the some people go come from like a very bottom but then like they just pop up so fast that they got hired by big studio really quick but the things that not a lot of people are so you have to kind of like um like i say six six months like the new new stuff new stuff keep kind of like a under good lead though good under lead like just keep learning and learning growing growing and so uh a lot of a lot of like leads are teachers as well so like they could be a really good teacher so like put put you like under somebody really good really help yeah yeah, I, I was really fortunate in my first job to, to be under somebody that was um, had been on the project for a long period of time. This was uh, this was Civilization V that I was on. So they had already gone through several iterations of it. He had been through it, um, and he could really guide me through the things that I wanted to do. But, um, yeah, I, it, it's funny. I think if I needed to apply to jobs right now and I was going to go for anything uh, – I would probably only be looking at a very small amount of jobs. And from there, just be like, okay, well, I'll hold out until I find something else then and not do that, shoot it out to everybody and try to get a job. Cause I think, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a, I, I obviously 
believe in the fact that you need to be happy every day. I moved out in the middle of the mountains in the middle of nowhere in order to find that happiness. But uh, yeah, I think, I think finding the right studio is really important because for me, my first interview and the first offer I actually had was at Blue Sky in New York. And at the time I was living in New Jersey and I was like, oh, well, this could be really great. It's, uh, I can get home every weekend and see my family, see my uh, friends and things along those lines. And it's like, but I'll have to live near New York and that's going to be crazy expensive. Is that something I want to do? And then um, I, one of my teachers was, was working there at the time and I had just graduated and he was working there. And so uh, I asked him if he would like to meet up and we met up and we talked and we just talked about the culture of the place and we talked about um, the project and all that kind of stuff. And I went to the interview, went, re went really well. It was the first offer I got. And um, I had just done a couple of other interviews and it was this huge high. It was like, are you kidding me? It's gonna be uh, DreamWorks and it's uh, not DreamWorks, sorry, Blue Sky. Uh, it's Blue Sky and at the time they were making Ice Age. So I was like, oh man, if I could get on Scrat, that would be awesome. And I thought about it more and more and more. And then I thought about some of the other uh, interviews that I went to and just the questions that I had for them. Like, how long do you get to spend on a shot? Um, how many different characters can I expect to animate and things along those lines uh, over the period of the project? And for me, I think I realized immediately that I would rather do a lot of really fast animation, um, pumping out more of it than spending a lot of time on a smaller portion. Um, and then just, uh, I don't know if it was just that studio or that studio at the time, just some of the other feedback that I heard was like, I realized I was like, okay, this will definitely line me up for film. Like I will be doing, like, I, I imagine I'll probably be at DreamWorks at some point. I'll probably be at Pixar at some point. I'll probably be, uh, maybe I'll switch over and go to like Weta or something along those lines. But I, I was like looking at my career path and I was thinking about it and, and I love and adore all of the works that those places make. And I love the animation and I, I, I adore all of it. But in the long run, I thought about it and I said, games is what got me here. Games is what is my passion. And while I think um, of animation in film as being, it's just different. It, it's not, I don't want to necessarily say it's better, especially today where we're getting more and more technology. We're able to run, uh, uh, run rigs and things at a much faster rate than we were uh, back in the day. And we get such a high fidelity rate in them now. And some of the cutscene kind of stuff is just insanely good. So as I was thinking about it, I just, I think I got I think I got to go with games. And I ended up working on the first game I worked on. And the first character I worked on was like this big on the screen from top down. And there was like 20 of them in a bunch and they were like running together. And uh, I just remember thinking when my first animation I was like, man, I might be on Scrap right now or maybe some other background character. And I've got this like little tiny character on screen, um, but I was super excited. And uh, at, at the beginning it was, was heart-wrenching. Like, what do I do? Like, do I, do I go film? Do I go game? What do I do here? And um, in the long run, I think I've, I've really enjoyed my choice. Uh, and I think, I think that it's important for people to realize that. And I'm really glad that you brought it up because 
I, I feel like a lot of people kind of get pigeonholed a lot. Like I've known some animators who went work for studios um, as uh, animation generalists. So they also had to do the rigging and skinning and all that kind of stuff. And then um, they weren't doing as great in the animation. So they kept getting more skinning and rigging assignments until finally they're a tech artist and they haven't animated anything in a decade. Um, and I've, I've talked to some of these people and they're like, hey, well, how do you feel about it? Well, I'd really love to get back to moving stuff and being able to have something where when it's in the movie or in the game that they like, I can say that's mine instead of just being like, that's my doll that someone else is playing with, but it's not mine. And uh, I, I hate to see that kind of stuff happen. Like I, like where he feels like he he's missing out and has been missing out and could have just as easily found something else where like, Hey, I don't want to do the rigging and skinning stuff, but he got kind of, uh, kind of just cornered into it. Um, and now he's got a decade of skill doing that thing. So it's really hard to go, you know what, I'm going to take half my paycheck to the, to start over again, you know? Um, it's because like the person is doing the job so well, you got to start screwing it up and doing really bad job. And you yeah, won't right. do that anymore. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I, I I do find it interesting because I played around a little bit with some other stuff uh, in the years. Just like, hey, maybe I would like doing visual effects. I love explosions and I love crumbling buildings and stuff. Maybe I'll really enjoy this. So I take some classes after work and things along those lines. And I, after I'm done with it, I'm like, no, I feel like I'm just typing in numbers with, with the VFX versus being able to feel like I'm creating art. Um, yeah, I... I I appreciate you bringing that up and making sure that the studio is a good, good connection. That that's something I hadn't put an awful lot of thought into before. Um, uh, we're we're actually a little bit over an hour now. I love talking to you. If you want to keep talking, but otherwise, um, it's up to you. Uh, you can stick around and we can talk about more stuff on my list. Or, or yeah, any last there. questions? <laughs> um. You know what? How about um, how are your 2D skills? What, like I had brought up the fact that I use this this crummy learn how to draw kind of stuff. What are your two 2D animation skills like? Well, I went out to FIT in New York. We got to do like a one class of 2D animation with Toon Boom, I think. And then also I had a flash animation like a some kind of like things flying around i played a bit i had a great time but uh i haven't really tried try animation since actually starting working with studios yeah. so um i got to do some like as a flower second stuff like that but um recently i was learning character design and also uh wanted to try something like a cheetah running or something so i did a quick test of like a blinking eyes or something like that so um it's really helpful for like story uh storyboard too so it's a it's just super um super fun i, I love and it is is drawing a part of your planning process now do you find yourself sketching out like a pose that you want to do before you get into 3d or um... mm, i did that before like you know that's how you you're i was taught like mm -hmm. just do some that do some like a thumbnail ideas and then like see like and then go to the reference room just shoot the reference and then come back and you know go back and you know choose some more reference and come back and like back and forth and uh, that was my process already 
but um, that's just for my um, other passion besides an animation, which is also helpful. So yeah. um, I just want to kind of broaden the uh, the what I know. Yeah. So uh, for me, I see like I, I'm obviously a terrible drawler. I showed you the book that I have to use in order to do it. Um, and I, I'll do them every now and again, but for the most part these days, I think because of technological advances or otherwise, I'm finding myself quickly making a pose in 3D or uh, jumping up in front of my camera and grabbing some reference real quick. Uh, I feel like I can get it out faster that way because I struggle so much with the actual 2D drawing. So it hasn't been a serious part of my of my steps uh, to getting to blocking in a while. I do them every now and again um, just because I have the Cintiq and I animate on my Cintiq. So it's super easy for me to just click down and draw something real fast. But it's so bad, I find myself almost uh, laughing at myself as I'm doing it because I'm like, oh, I got this idea and then I'll try to draw it out and then I look at it and I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but okay, like I have the idea in my head a little bit better because as I'm drawing it, even though I couldn't do it well, I'm thinking about shoulder placement, I'm thinking about yeah, hips yeah, yeah. and yeah. About, you know, like the, the tiny little head tilts and things along those lines. So even though it didn't translate out, being able to think it while I'm trying to sketch it uh, works enough for me. Yeah, yeah, it takes quite a bit to uh, get better at drawing, but so as long as you can like have your thoughts down, you know, then then that's all I need at least. And yeah. but two D animation is completely different. It's just like it's so tedious because I kind of got inspired by Klaus and I try to like draw like the song. It's just it's just ridiculous, mm -hmm. but it's like so worth it though. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to leave you with one last question, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite 2D animated scene? Not a whole film, but do you have oh, a favorite Oh, why does it scene? have to be 2D? Can I do it with 3D? I, you know, I have three, 3D is the one right after this, so yes. what is your favorite 3D animated scene? Okay, oh, that is... Uh... It could be your own, if you happen to really love a scene that you did, but... What is your can never be <laughs> it's like it's been like a 10 years this shot this scene is like my hands down freaking um hands down best scene of any kind of like feature film and which is a how to train the dragon test drive test drive i don't know if i've seen test drive is that a short film no it's like the how to train the dragon the first movie when okay. they were kind of, he had this like a little pages out how to do the, because like he put oh, the, the oh. yeah, like they were first driving, you know, yeah. test driving together and then the, the camera like following him and like he lost the paper and then he just like drafts and kind of going through all this like a rocks. Yeah. That was like, that was the best thing ever for me, for me. Yeah, I love that, that sequence. Mine is a lot less exciting. <laughs> so mine is actually, and this is because of the school I went to and it was kind of pointed out to me. And ever since I like, I fell in love with the scene and it's the jungle book, the original 2D jungle book. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's when, uh, I don't even know how to say his name. Is it uh, Mowgli? Is that right? Yeah, Mowgli. Mm -hmm. When Mowgli is climbing the tree, I love the way that they 
did that climb because I think about it all the time and uh, it's like it's like a peel you know they made that so interesting and so different than I would have ever dreamed of doing it and it's such a small part of the film but it, like the way he's got his legs perfectly straight while trying to climb up this tree and the way he's like scurrying up the tree the way that he was like, like that that for me is like that was perfection because they could have just had him climb the tree or like and fumble a little bit and maybe grab the branch and swing but the way they had him like shimmy up that tree for me i was like that made the whole movie for me and, um mm -hmm. i hear shot. you that's yeah like that is a really important point because like a lot of 3d animators right like they just rush into things like let's say i just saw uh i think it's a student's short short like one shot and this girl talking about things and she's holding this like a let's say uh what is it like a frame like a just frame just frame and she's just like a puts it down like a, so she's putting it down it's just perfectly perpendicular it's like a parallel to the table put it down like that you know mm -hmm. and i don't like that stuff right. <laughs> you know like it's just a so mechanic it's like just so a computer yeah it's just like a you know, like who does that? You know, like make it like kind of like a kind of off from the table and then put it down or just slide a little bit and put a little tilt back there or just the, the little things. And also like when they're grabbing a cup or something, like people just perfectly grab it. Yeah. Make yeah. it slide, you know, like make it slide a little bit. I, right. Literally like that shows so much like uh, your thoughts and love into it. And that changes like that uh whoever sees it like they sees you differently if you do it better you know what i mean like that's yeah. where you're slippering through through like a higher or not higher so like just just pay attention to very little thing especially transitions i would say yeah it, it's it's funny um you you mentioned a couple of words there and we like to talk a lot about hiring triggers at vertex uh, we constantly are working and striving to get students work. Um, and for us, it's those little things that you're mentioning now and the things that I had talked about, like what was my favorite thing? Why was that my my favorite thing? You had mentioned the way that he was moving through the camera. They could have done any number of different things for that shot, but the way it felt as the camera moved, but like he kind of led the camera almost like he was pushing the frame around, if I can remember it correctly. It, it's it had that appeal and it, it drew me to it. Um, the in Jungle Book, it had that shot had that appeal, so on and so forth. And if we can get students to recognize those little things and be able to put those into their demo reels, I think it will. I think it can really blow away people when they say, "Okay, well, I'm going to be looking at a student reel." I mean, I've had plenty of student reels come across my table, and I've. I've always had that like, okay, this is gonna be a student reel and try not to expect much. But then all of a sudden you get this wow moment. Like you said, while they picked up the bottle, did they robotically go over, grab it, take it and drink it and put it back down? Or as you said, did they pick it up and as they picked it up, they slid it across the table as it tilted. And as they got it up to their face, maybe it was crooked. So they had to recorrect or they just had to turn, turn it a little bit and take a sip from it or maybe they keep their gaze while they're drinking and it's not just like looking right at it and trying to drink from it. 
it's those tiny little things that show, okay, this person was really thinking about their shot. They didn't just go, oh, I have a drinking a drinking a, a glass of water shot. Okay, grab it, drink it, put it down. But like, okay, they thought about this. When they grabbed it, it pushed away a little bit first and tilted, and then they dragged it toward them and it tilted a, a little bit more. And then as it came off the table, did they pick it straight up or was there so much weight inside that bottle that it drop a quarter of an inch before it came up? And it's it's those tiny little new nuances that I think people like you and I, when we look at a demo, we're, we're looking for that kind of stuff. Like, okay, here's a here's a walk cycle, and I'm gonna watch this person walking. Okay, it feels really plain. And then there's just something in it, like maybe the 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 one step is a few frames longer than the other one, and it almost feels like a limp, or maybe it feels kind of like a skip, or they got a bounce in their step, or something else mm -hmm. along those lines. It's just like yeah. Well, what are the little things that the, the that someone is adding? Because those little things are what can make you the best animator uh, around. You know, your choices, your acting ideas can can really spring you further forward than than so many yeah. other um, aspects of animation, as we had mentioned earlier, yeah. uh, being technically amazing versus wow, she made this idea like. When he came up, like he didn't just grab and go over, but he came up and then like a couple of his fingers slipped. So maybe he was holding on by one finger. So then he throws his elbow over it and then he kind of rolls over instead of just like over. Like they thought about it. Maybe they went out and when they tried to jump over it, they almost fell off of it. And they're like, I actually really like the way that felt. And for the character that I'm animating, they're not a ninja. They are this uh, 40 year old animator who's jumping over this thing. Like and maybe that's who they're animating. Like they're not gonna hop over this thing like a ninja. They're gonna probably crash into the wall first, struggle to get their first hand up. Like, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I like everything you're saying. <laughs> I keep agreeing awesome. with everything you say. Just kind of iterate on it a little bit more, but. Um, yeah. So uh, we are a bit long. So yeah, it's I, very I long now. Yeah. I, I, to to work. <laughs> I very much appreciate you taking the time and, and talking with us today. And um, I really liked a lot of your answers and um, I appreciate your friendship and I look forward to continue watching you grow and continue doing your thing. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And if you want to have like a short little Q&A for 30 minutes here and there, let me know. I'll be there. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thank you so much. You have a good Thank one. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. It really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.